And so even though you have had everything I wanted, in-state tuition, exotics, aquatics, everything that floated my boat, self-confidence. <laughs> Welcome to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino. Today, I'm very excited to have two fantastic veterinary students with me who are going to help us row, row, row our boat towards self-confidence. Would you two like to introduce yourselves? And so maybe folks will understand why we're calling it Row, Row. So hi, everyone. My name is Rowan Basham. And my name is Rose Manjamarki. Get it, audience? Row, row. and Row. Rose <laughs> and Rowan. <laughs> Um, these are two current second-year students from the class of 2024. They participated in our orientation this summer with our class of 2025 to help welcome them. They are two leaders in their class. I would also say you two are very much involved in leadership for diversity, equity, and inclusion, which yes, we will I'm sure correct. we will talk about. Yes. But the main topic we're talking about today is self-confidence. That is correct. So before we dive into self-confidence, can you both tell me where your hometowns, where you identify as your hometown and where you performed your undergraduate studies? So I, this is Rowan. Um, I'm from a little bit all over, actually. I'm from Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, but when I was in middle school, I moved overseas to live in Germany and Austria for seven years. And so then I only came back to the United States for my undergraduate at Florida State University. Go Knowles. <laughs> Um, so I'm originally from Caracas, Venezuela, um, but I left um, to pursue my undergraduate studies here. I did uh, Broward College in Miami, and then I did um, FIU, where I graduated. And I actually did Washington State for a year, but that was a big culture shock, and I left that one pretty quick. Tell me why we're talking about self-confidence today. Why would that even matter, going into veterinary school and becoming a veterinarian? What? Why do we even need to discuss it? It's a... Uh, I think that self-confidence is a pertinent topic for both pre-vets and veterinary students because these are a lot of, you think your formative years are really when you're younger, and that may be true, but these are your formative professional years. And so I feel like trying to navigate who you were, even in undergrad, at least personally, who I was in undergrad versus who I am now, um, I had to do a lot of soul searching and a lot of confidence building to be able to say, you know, imposter syndrome is a huge thing throughout vet school, and so that's you're just build you're you're making the building blocks for success and for uh, a good time. And as a doctor, you have to have the self confidence to make decisions, mm -hmm. to feel good about the decisions that you make. To absolutely. How about to communicate with clients? Oh, absolutely. To communicate with anyone, I think you have to be self confident and to like portray yourself mm -hmm. a certain way. I think self confidence is key. I think uh, part of this this season of the podcast is so important and so special is because we're only having veterinary students come on. And I find that the more that students share their stories, the more that pre-vet students can feel confident in the stories and their lived experiences that they have. But also it helps us hear more to then understand more mm -hmm. from others. Mm -hmm. So I would love to hear from both of you maybe some of the, the ideas and stories from your background that has gotten you to where you are today for, as we talk about self-confidence? You know, I, I struggle with a lot of issues when I was younger, living overseas. Uh, I was very lost in my community, trying to sh find 
as broad as cheesy as it sounds trying to find my identity um you know I was very far away from almost all of my family I went to a boarding school so it was just my little brother and I over there and it was a very formative time in building my self-confidence because I was I felt like I was thrown into a place where I had to be grown up and independent very quickly and boarding school is pretty much like military school don't let anybody tell you otherwise and it was very rough and tough and so I had to be able to stand up for myself and what I thought was fair I had to stand up for my classmates and in some instances where you know it, it was very strict and stringent and I could be beaten down and become a huge people pleaser which I actually was for for a good time and I, I lost a good bit of my health and my, um, you know, my, my grades were suffering and I, I was just not in a very good place where I was sheepish and rebelling a lot against the professors around me. And I was just, it was, it was a kind of dark transition at first. And it took finding self-confidence and, you know, you know building self-confidence helped me in the end become a better classmate and friend to those I had to share space with 24 7 Mm. it helped me become a better speaker living with teachers and living with those who are my seniors constantly outside of a family relationship and I feel like it's it's helped me navigate a better idea of how to stand up for myself in instances where you are constantly surrounded by seniors or superiority and you may feel like you can't have a stand but you do Mm. You know, talking on, on imposter syndrome, I just read, uh, I was going over Instagram, which I really hardly do, but there was a post that was, you know, really everyone's faking it. Everyone is, has the imposter syndrome. It's just you're the person that either lets it control you or you fake it like the rest of them are, you know? And I always struggled with self-confidence because we were just talking about this, but I lost a total of 130 pounds, so that's a whole nother person. And that really just had me in a dark place for a long time. And my family is very, you know, my mom was a, in Miss Venezuela, and my sister is a really famous and beautiful artist. And they've always had a lot of confidence. And I didn't, I was more of, you know, behind the spotlight. And, you know, I keep faking it. <laughs> We're still here. But I think it's just I've tried to put myself in the arena. And even I went to, to Roatan. And I was doing some zip lining, and I was scared out of my mind. And every time I would throw myself in the zip line, I would tell the guide, I'm like, I am scared, just beyond. And then I just throw myself. I would just throw myself and do a flip and do anything, you know, and I'm still faking it. But I think self-confidence has opened up a whole new world for me. What tools do you think you each use to help you? feel more self-confident it sounds like maybe one is sometimes faking it like just pushing ourselves in that moment what other tools quotes advice strategies are you using to help build that up each day honestly I just had to stop caring as much (laughs) and that is really hard with somebody that is clinical very bad anxiety um I but there are tools in place to help you with that like I go to therapy weekly and such and that's been a huge huge help to my self-confidence but you know carrying other people's opinions and 
your own or other people's expectations, it can just drive you up a wall or drive more so drive you into a corner where you want to lash out or you are unproductive. And sometimes you really just have to say, you know, who cares? Okay, so hear me out with my strategy. I'm listening. I know it's... <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but this is the strategy, right? Um, and it, and again, it, it might sound cheesy, but it really life is it, life is literally a video game, right? So you're you're a Sims yes. character. No, really, you're you're the, the character. Yes. You're your main character. Mm-hmm. So in every moment, and just with the cliff lining, with the cliff diving, I wasn't. I personally was not like, oh yeah, let me jump. I'm like, I'm scared every single time. My my brain was telling me no, but I'm like, who am I gonna be? Am I gonna be the person that doesn't jump because they're scared? Because I did that one time. I didn't. I didn't go on zip lining because I was just petrified. Or am I going to be the person that tries it and that, you know, has fun? So every time I'm like, I'm scared. You know, Alex makes, makes me do like, oh, go on a panel. I'm like, am I going to be the person that says no right. because they're scared? Right. Or am I going to go there and, you know, try to be impactful? Mm-hmm. Am I going to? And with any choice, am I going to be the Sims that, you know, stays behind? Or will I make a joke? You know, <laughs> will I go up to someone? Will I say hi? And if you keep trying to technically fake it you know if you keep trying to be that person that character that you want to be everything just happens and it comes naturally at the end my second piece of advice kind of going off that is find your people find the people that uplift you rather than tearing you down i do not think i would have that mentality or the ability to stop caring what other people think and stop and like turn my anxious brain off if i didn't have these other voices outside of my head telling me you can do this you are capable you are a shining light you know you have to have these people around you that support you and push you forward because if if you lack self-confidence it's really hard it's really hard to keep a fire going when there's no spark to begin with there's some irony there though about not caring about what others think but also having Ooh, others around sure. and c- caring so Maybe we should say not caring what the haters think, not okay. caring the people who aren't in the arena, who aren't getting in there, not caring about what they think. I think that sometimes thinking of what the haters think can actually be fuel mm-hmm. for that fire. Yeah. So sometimes, like, but the, it has to be within reason, mm-hmm. and that's that. Therein mm-hmm. lies the rub. Mm-hmm. You can think to yourself, or you can you can want to prove these people wrong and that can be a great fuel for mm-hmm. trying something new being adventurous proving of like you know doing something unbelievable but if it's becoming to a point where that's all that's consuming your mind mm-hmm. then in the end you're not doing something for yourself to build yourself as a better person and to spark your own fire you're just trying to put out someone else's yeah you know often one of my life mantras is like what's my motivation so if the motivation starts off with someone said I can't and I'm going to show them that I can, great. As long as it's what you said, it's not consuming me to show them. But mm-hmm. I can start with that. That could be great fuel. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Okay, now let's go into valid. Love valid. What is valid? <laughs> valid is the Veterinary Alliance for Leadership, Inclusion, and Diversity uh, we work very closely with the DEI committee here at the school, which is Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee here at the College of Veterinary Medicine. Both Rose and I are members. Uh, I am the vice president. And I'm the pride liaison. I feel like the reason I want to ask is I think it's a huge part of what y'all provide for the college. You're providing this huge service. It's a group that supports everybody very much involved with bringing light to issues that maybe haven't had light sh- shed to on them or get tamped down. 
But the inclusion piece is huge of diversity, equity, inclusion, and leadership. Um, talk to me about how self-confidence can play a role with your work with valid and diversity and inclusion work. Why does self-confidence matter in that space? Personally, I have always been a person, you know, minus those dark periods I mentioned earlier, that is extroverted. I love reaching out and speaking with others. And after living overseas, there was just a huge spark in me to listen to other people's stories and and be a part of, of, a, of a larger voice. And I think, you know, growing up, I knew I was queer from a earlier age, I would say like early middle school, but I never wanted to share that with anyone, not because I was scared of, of backlash. I'm very grateful and thankful I had a safe environment around me, but more so because I thought I'm comfortable in my own skin. You know, this is, I don't really see much other representation or other people around me that have thought or expressed these things. So I'm comfortable. I don't, I just don't really feel like it's the place to share. And I realized how at a young person's life, you can feel that way, but I think it's so important now as somebody that has the self-confidence in myself, as somebody that has people around me that can uplift us and push us forward, that we have a community here that people that are younger or that people that are disenfranchised or anything like that know that they have that space. And that starts with inclusion of people that are loud and proud. I always say <laughs> I am. It's Everybody knows I'm a loud person. Everybody knows my name because of that. But using these powers and using these whether some see it as a power or some see it as a disadvantage, I see it as a power. And being able to use that for those who feel a bit more sheepish and, and you know, not force them into the spotlight if they don't so choose, but letting it be known that the spotlight is not just a narrow light. It is broad enough. It lights up the whole room. Everybody is welcome in this space. Yeah. You know, I, on the other hand, I do not consider myself an extrovert. I consider myself more of an ambivert because I can be extroverted but introverted at times because I do, you know, I am panicky about um, just talking in public, certain things um, make me anxious, but I've always been just really interested in change, and I've always been one of those people that, you know, I, I obviously diversity is a big part of my life, that, you know, I lived my whole life in another country, and coming here, I do have to say that I know I have, um, you know, a privilege that I do not have, you know, another, I, I mean, I look white, so I did have that privilege, so I didn't really see that much racism what, like since I've been here in the States. But knowing that I always want to change, I knew that I had to be a leader. Well, I think it's really it's self-confidence and identities go mm -hmm. hand in hand. For sure. It's a whole journey for each person to figure out how they identify, who are they, what do they represent, and then feeling the courage to embody that however they want to and need to. And I think VALID is an opportunity for students, faculty, staff, not only just at our college, but across the country and over across the globe, I'm sure, to help folks feel more confident about their identity mm -hmm. and to express that in the way that they feel comfortable and safe. And then to also teach others who maybe don't identify in certain ways how to accept that person. I think it's practicing gratitude is an, one, another one of the strategies you we were talking about earlier to build self-confidence. Yes. It is everybody. I feel like everybody talks about it. 
and everybody's ways of expressing gratitude are different mm -hmm. whether that's you do some journaling in the morning whether that's some meditation whether that's talking with loved ones gift giving whatever it is that's showing it. gratitude is are ways that again you attract mm -hmm. your people there are ways that you attract your work ethic there are ways that again if you don't have that self-confidence you can help spark that flame maybe just finding those little moments of, of joy and of pleasure in your life, reflecting on where you were and where you are. I, I think uh, I saw this cheesy quote once, you know, <laughs> even if you are um, facing really hard exams or you're feeling so downtrodden, we have three exams within an 11 day time period. It's really, really rough right now, guys. <laughs> but somebody posted something and it read, you are exactly where you wanted to be 10 years ago. You were exactly where you wanted to be however long ago. And even though it is hard, it is a step in the process. And we are capable of doing hard things, guys. Like calls to like, surround yourself with people who are also self-confident, who believe they're here for a purpose, who finally made it to where they are. They're grateful for where they are. If you find yourself not surrounded by those people, go ahead and start attracting that energy. Row and row attracted themselves to each other. <laughs> yes. They have similar so energy. What advice do you have for the students listening to help them build their self-confidence? You know, and we keep saying it sounds cheesy, but it's so true. We build our own reality, you know, and, and just believe in yourself. Like really, but really believe in yourself. Just really know that, that you can. There's no one stopping you. You can do absolutely what you want, and you can manifest it. You can, you know, you have to work hard because that's the truth. You know, nothing just, just comes at you. Um, but believe that you can because it's really as simple. This is, I am exactly where I wanted to be, you know, it's, uh, 10 years ago, and this is my biggest dream. And I believed it even when people told me, you know, that it's hard and it was in another country and it's expensive and what are you going to do? And but don't tell me that I can't do it, right? okay? Because <laughs> I believed that I could. Correct. And I'm here and I have believed that I can, and, and I know that I can. I know that I will. Yes. <laughs> so my piece of advice would be find what makes find what brings you joy and put in the work i think again surrounding the people that bring you joy starting with the activities or doing the activities that bring you joy those moments of happiness are what are the sparks to the beginning of your self-confidence you know when you're in a low downtrodden place when you're feeling scared or put into a corner when you're feeling sad and down which we all do those are normal Oof. human experiences but those are not the keys to self-confidence those are the things that blanket self-confidence and tell you or want to tuck you into bed and say it's okay like you can't do it but that's okay but finding the things that spark joy and putting in the work and when i say putting in the work as rose said it is hard it was not a comfortable road to get to this mm -hmm. loud and proud person that I am today. <laughs> it takes lots of therapy, personally. It takes lots of soul searching. It's mm -hmm. taken moving away from family and loved ones more times than I can possibly count. And those are really, really hard things. But I have got to experience and grow so much that I know that this is what's going to be worth it. And it's led me to where I want to be right now. So whatever your work may be that you need to do, start today. I want to thank Rose and Rowan for being on the podcast today to talk to us about the importance of self-confidence, 
the journey to self-confidence, how we are all row, row, rowing that boat <laughs> every time again. on our self-confidence journey. To bring some Brene Brown into this as well, Ooh, our favorite. Yeah. It is not an if I will fail, but a when. Get comfortable with it, y'all. Failure is not a thing to take away your self-confidence. It feels like it at first, but let me tell you, that is adding. That is what adds fuel to a fire. Those moments where you feel that you, or you see that you have not reached what you have wanted to reach, put in that work. You can do it. I'm Alex Avellino, and we'll talk to you soon.